Billy Joe, it certainly is exciting to meet you here at the recording studio right after you've just made your very first record. How does it feel? Mm. Wonderful. <laughs> Welcome to Take Off Your Pants and Podcast. I'm Mike. <laughs> and I'm Ryan. And this time, we're going to talk about Green Day. Welcome to the Blink-182 Podcast, <laughs> where we're not going to talk about Blink-182. Yeah, so um, I hope you're all right with this. Uh, we teased it in our last episode as kind of a, <laughs> a, a special edition, uh, a very special episode of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Pod- podcast. Podcast. Whoa. podcast. Copyright. 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 <laughs> Well, we don't want to get sued here. <laughs> I think I think I see FCC helicopters descending. Uh, There's just guys that come in like fucking ropes through the window. <laughs> I'm being bagged away. <laughs> see you guys. It's been a great run. Uh, no, so uh, yeah, so uh, Green Day. Uh, why are we going to talk about Green Day, Ryan? Why why are we talking about Green Day on the Blink Twenty Two podcast? Well, uh, for one, they uh, had a new album this year, just like our other favorite uh, three piece punk band. Um, yeah, uh, a, a, Revolution Radio just came out. Yeah, just came out um, just this past week, and uh, I feel like it was like a, two sides of the same coin in it a was. way with Green Day and Blink One Eight Two. Maybe like the older brother. I could, I think a you could bit, say maybe. Yeah, of, maybe of like the stepbrother or the something. Stepbrother. <laughs> or yeah. like well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't mean older brother to be like better. I just mean you know. The yeah, older I brother. think it's maybe the brother that like had like the. Like, you know, the Blink were in, like, sort of the, you know, nice suburbs, but, like, Green Day would have been... They were in Oakland. Yeah. Like, they were kind of in the, like... <laughs> the Bay they Area got the, before, like... They got the shitty Silicon. end of the stick when the parents split up, basically. <laughs> they went to Dad's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they kind of are, are from similar things, like, you know... Like there's there uh, similar themes, but it's different, you know. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely a kind of um, naivete to Blink that Green Day does not have. Yeah, like I wouldn't necessarily Green Day is like a particularly edgy band, but they're not as kind of blissfully unaware. Like Blink Twenty Two <sighs> would never write "Welcome to Paradise." No. You know? <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Or like Longview or something like that. Well, that's kind of like a Blinkish. I don't yeah, know. They might write that. Yeah. Um, well, so m- might be getting a bit ahead of ourselves. So we, yeah, we're basically doing this because, like, like Blink, uh, Green Day is a bit of. Not only is this just a new album by Green Day, but they're in a bit of a similar place. They they just had a few albums that no one really seemed to like. I mean, usually it's the case where the critics like it, maybe the fans don't, or the fans like it, but the critics don't. But it seems like no one like uh, these trilogy albums is that fair to say yeah it was just kind of forgettable i think is the best best way to put it yeah and or I just think, like no one even really knew like no one it didn't give any buzz or anything yeah um part of it is because you know as i'm sure everyone you know may or may not be aware billy joe was in rehab um shortly in the midst of the promotion of this so mm. they had to just cut short a bunch of did you know that i really i mean a little bit yeah, so like they. So had that's one thing we too we just kind of mentioned before was we're definitely not as knowledgeable. <laughs> uh, so they, it's a oral bias for Blink, I guess. Right. I mean, I think we both prefer Blink to Green Day, but um, it was a definitely a thing go though where it was. They're different bands, I think. Yeah. Um, I love Green Day, so uh, 
but yeah, so that now they came out with this album. It's a bit of a return in the in the way that California was. Um, a little bit, yeah, and we'll we'll definitely be talking about that later. But for now, this this part we're gonna be focusing on the band as as kind of a whole, our experience with the band, and and a little bit of some history of the band, and yeah, and, just uh, just kind of our general feelings. I, I think. think I think the the casual and the veteran Green Day fan will get something out of this. I think, I think we're in the middle uh, of it. Maybe. Well, I'm prepared with some fun facts that okay, I think cool. uh, the average person <laughs> might not know, and uh, uh, a surprise. Uh, well, <laughs> never mind. Surprise! A uh, a trivia game, uh, not trivia game, but a game that we'll be playing. I'm interested. Um, the only no, contestant will be Ryan. I know nothing about what's. Yeah, he this Ryan game. does not know anything about. The, I just said Ryan uh, is a cool <laughs> if I prepare a game, and you were like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I prepared it. Um, we'll cool. see if you win or lose against All right, we'll your see. competitors. I'm, no idea what's to come. <laughs> so, have you ever seen Green Day live? I have. Um, I can't remember if I've seen it twice. I know I've seen it once, and, and I know it vividly. But I think it's only been once, and it would have been during American Idiot tour. Was it in the uh, that big stadium in Phoenix? Yeah, it was in like where the Suns play. Did Jimmy Eat World open up for them? Yes. That was the same show I was at. You were. And that was the only Green Day show I've seen. <laughs> it was mine only two. Mine too, and I think... Um, I can't remember if I've seen it again. And we didn't know each other. No, I didn't. Um, I remember taking this girl... Uh, it was like the cousin of a girl I dated like prior kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. I, for some reason, I can't remember her name. I don't know what's the deal. I, I went with my dad, so. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember like driving and picking this girl up and, and uh, I just remember thinking of, uh, and she wasn't really a big Green Day person, so I was thinking about was El Scorcho the whole time. <laughs> like, uh, what that long, what's he say? What's she, at the... Uh, something like she didn't know who Green Day was. How cool is that? Yeah. How was it? <laughs> Um, what's the specific line? Oh god, this is good. I know. Plug. I feel like so stupid right now. It's like my favorite song. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I said, go. What is it? We should go to the Green Day concert. Yeah, we should, we should go, go to the, the Green Day, Day concert. Go to the Green Day concert. You said you never heard of them. Basically, that was my situation with that whole thing. Is she heard of Green Day, but she'd never really know him. But I did go to that show, and I remember being really pissed off because I remember walking, like, like basically running through the concourse of the stadium, hearing Jimmy Roll playing, mm. and I missed like most of the show. Mm. I remember, and I remember Dude, Jimmy Roll was so good. Yeah, I know. I remember coming in when like twenty three was playing, and I was like, I can't believe I just missed my, the rest of the show. My dad loved uh, Jimmy World. He didn't really. He hadn't heard of him really that before that. Really? And like it was like this band's all. And he like ended up like Did, borrowing all the albums I had by them. Do and, you know if Jimmy played the whole tour or was it just like the Phoenix show? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, speaking of that though, um, this is kind of jumping ahead slightly. But I'll never regret. I mean, I'll, I'll always regret. <laughs> I'll always regret that I missed. Fucking I Trump. remember like seventh grade. Missed the pop disaster tour because yeah. like I didn't have anybody take me to it. I remember begging my mom, and I was like, "Just drop me off," and she didn't want me want to. And I didn't really have any older brothers or older uncles or anything like that. My dad wouldn't give two shits. Yeah, I didn't have your dad to take me to that show. Well, it's but- funny. It's funny that you say that because one of my biggest regrets in life is not seeing the pop disaster too as well uh, because no one I was even younger and so it was basically my dad was the only option <laughs> uh, or my mom and. um my dad didn't want it because he thought I was too young and he has later in life expressed regret 
at that and and just now it's kind of like a a joke whenever yeah um it's like a running joke now when if, if i like mention to him like a cool lineup he'll say oh man that's almost as that sounds almost <laughs> as good as jimmy Eat world green day and blink 182 <laughs> yeah so mom if you're listening that happened <laughs> and you didn't take me to it and uh, i talked to a therapist now about it <laughs> That's it. That's the core of all your. It's, if only you had gone to the Pop Disaster tour. There's this like a second timeline. Ryan, who went to the Pop Disaster, he's like so uh, much cooler. <laughs> he's like started like a like what's being called by Pitchfork is like the new Weezer. <laughs> Weezer for a 21st century. No, like it was. Uh, yeah, I always regret uh, regret that. But um, I did see it a couple years later when they were on their biggest fucking tour of all time. You know. So. so Green Day, uh, I think we were kind of in agreement then that they were one of those bands. I mean, obviously, we, we're not doing a podcast that's primarily about Green Day, but we're talking about it on the one we have, you know. Um, so f- for me, at the time that I got into Blink, Green Day was pretty soon after that. Yeah. And uh, it's something that I was way into. Mm-hmm. And around... Gosh, yeah. So American Idiot was the first one that I was like a fan of, and I was anticipating that album. Mm-hmm. And I remember when it came out, uh, just being so stoked. I, I loved it. Um, and then when they kind of did the same thing five years later with the next one, that that is where I dropped off. And I, I, think, I, I don't mean to yeah. get ahead, and we're going to talk about this maybe a little bit later, but um, that that's just kind of where it dropped off for me and why I kind of stopped listening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely still go back to those older albums a lot. Yeah. Um, what about for you? What, it's probably similar. I mean, I think I was since I was a little bit older. Um, uh, I remember really, I re- exactly anticipating American Idiot like crazy. But um, I think the first album album I had was probably Warning for it. Hmm. Um, and then I had like International Super Hits and listened to that like crazy. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and I think like I knew of Green Day growing up all the time because it's just all over MTV. But I never had like the like the albums until later kind of thing. And I think warning was the first one I remember. Cause I only had like a handful of albums and I remember I, I had a burned copy of warning. I think my friend Paul gave me and it was like on a pink CD <laughs> and um, I listened to the shit out of that. And that was probably why that one has become such like a seminal sentiment, Sem- seminal seminal yeah. um, album of green day for me when it's not probably on anybody's w- or warning. Yeah. I so. I put that for me. Um, I know my my dad who who's a big fan of of Green Day just by proxy because of me. Um, but you know, it was one of those bands that like that kid gets into that the parent actually is like, hey, this I is think my dad, good. my mom actually liked Green Day a little bit too. Mm. I think I mean maybe not like she would not listen to Dookie or something, but I think she got a little bit out of uh, American Idiot and probably yeah. My my dad liked American Idiot, but he his favorite was Warning. He thought that was like a really good album. Mm-hmm. Um, so. What let me think. What so so that's kind of like your background. It sounds like maybe I liked them more than you did. Well, I don't know. No, I was way into it. Like I would go back I went back like crazy and then all of you know, you can go back and look at my high school, um, like senior year. It was around when American Idiot came out, actually. Um mm, to- good that's time. Good when timing I went total black, basically. <laughs> that's when it black, started. <laughs> black You said that I went total black. you just did a motion, uh listeners, he did a motion of sort of like uh head or like head sh- shoulders, you know, down to legs, and he is wearing all black right now. <laughs> this is a, a black shirt. this is the second time you said oh, this, this it, is, it is black. It's blue. It's well, it's a it's a dark, it's a midnight blue. <laughs> but uh it uh and I had 
dyed black spiky hair is going for sort of like the nice. like right before uh, american idiot like billy joe kind of thing that same probably. year i was in sophomore year of high school or yeah. like late freshman doing the same thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. i didn't never had like i never did the makeup thing but uh I never did the makeup either yeah. but it was definitely like way into that and it was just like you know, I I couldn't grow my hair quite like Tom, so it was like, okay, I'll go with Billy Joe Billy instead. Joe, yeah. So, and uh, I remember, yeah, because Green Day was kind of one of those things where I would be a big Blink fan. But I remember I was working at like a doll, uh, Dollar Theater at the time and was working with a lot of older people, yeah. and they more appreciated Green Day. They were probably like two or three years older than me, yeah. And they were never they hated Blink, and and then hmm. but they were like green day was his shit though yeah so it was like a weird thing where i was like but i love both like right. <laughs> so i wonder if do you think five seconds of summer fans like 20 years later are gonna be saying the same thing like i remember there's like this older guy who loved blink but he hated five seconds of summer like, why not why can't you like both old man <laughs> yeah right <laughs> exactly it was just know, like someone know. like three years older than me like they can love green day but not like blink. <laughs> yeah this is garbage <laughs> <laughs> this is pop garbage <laughs> why can't you like both old man yeah so i don't know it's uh yeah, so I was way into it, and then you know, eventually got all the albums, and I had my iPod like loaded up. But yeah. it was definitely a little bit late to the game. But I had listened to it growing up like a lot. Like yeah. you, it was impossible to like not hear stuff like when I come around. Yeah. And, um, like uh, even Longview. Like I remember watching, uh, like seeing the Longview video, and like it kind of always reminded me of like Metallica for some reason. I don't know. I think it's like the bass and stuff. The song reminded you of Metallica? I don't know. Just like I didn't, I maybe didn't know what Metallica was or something. <laughs> and I think like Enter Sandman and Longview for some don't, reason. Oh, have yeah, like so this. I'm like. So think about dun, those dun, two. version of that song <laughs> you know yeah and, there's something there and so and i don't I, know like for some reason like those kind of wires crossed i guess in yeah. a way uh and uh yeah which, were, which do you think is the better song uh probably Longview. yeah i mean i'm not a big metallica guy I'm that's, not either, that's probably the only metallica I'm not song either, but like you can't deny that's like up there with any led zeppelin <laughs> riff you know <laughs> Like I don't know about the song itself, but that's a fucking. Say your riff. Bell, you're the one. Yeah, no, I don't know about that singing style, but. <laughs> Say your bell, no but uh, no, I don't know. Like I was way into Green Day, and um, and I mean, yeah, I guess I, it does now. Like thinking back at it, I do feel like it was late. Like, and I and it, I probably couldn't tell you what songs we're off which album like from like uh for a while probably yeah because i had an international super hits was more of the one i kept going to yeah um that's and, and that fucking album that seat that it's a long track list on that cd it is and there's every song is and, and awesome. listening to um kind of you know in preparation for this we both spent a lot of time listening to the discography and i think that this is um not every band i think uh ends up being their singles or the best songs I don't know if it's necessarily. I, I don't think this is a, anything to do with like it's a good or bad band. I think it just has to do with did they decide to pick the right you know songs to put out there. And I feel like this is a band that particularly they picked the best, the best song, songs. The, the singles yeah. are generally, I think, the best songs on the album with yeah, this band. I think so. Songs like uh, even are, like the 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 not so big singles, like and that's cool that they're on super hits. Is like yeah, 
So it's it's whoever's deciding the singles. um, And and I think that's continued true. Even with the albums I don't particularly like, I I think generally the best songs are the singles. So whoever's um, been in charge of picking the singles for Green Day is doing a really good job, I think. Except for on like, since American Idiot was like the biggest album ever, like every song was like a single on there, but that album's good. So (laughs) yeah, well, there's a couple ones that aren't, and those are not the those yeah. are the worst songs on there. Yeah. But no, it's it's yeah, you're right. It's kind of one of those things like going back listening cuz I've been listening for the last week just like oh, Green Day. I've taken this yeah. Green Day and remember like which are my favorite albums and stuff. Yeah. And I think I remember that like I was thinking it's maybe I don't know if it's cuz those other songs are just drilled in my head and I just know them so much better as their singles, but like I just was thinking about it. I think like yeah, like especially on something like Dookie, um which is a classic album. Like I'm listening to it and I think I, I text this to you and I said like, you know, like it almost, and I don't want to say filler. People are going to kill me if I say yeah. it's full No, no, full let's get into this, Ryan. Cause there's been a little pre-show. I'm like literally rolling my <laughs> sleeves up. There's some, some, been some pre-show talk. And I think, you know, if you've listened to, even if this is your first episode, if you've got this far, you'll know that like <laughs> we're both willing to be critical of Green Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm certainly willing to be very, I'll say some very critical things later, mm-hmm. but, um, I stand by Dookie as a, a ten out of ten album. I think yeah. um, if you so before before um, before we're doing this show, um, we're listening to some things, and and I said something. Um, should I should I say what I said about about Nimrod? Is that what is that? The yeah, first I, I mean, cool. Let's do. Yeah, let's do say it now. Uh, I think Nimrod's their best album. I, th- I think it uh, is. Yeah, I was like, like going back and so, listening so to him. I think I think this another. started because I texted you like, "Am I crazy for thinking Nimrod?" Well, is- I said this. I said I first said, "Am I crazy to think that Dookie and and um, and Insomniac kind of have like are full of filler?" I d- okay. and then I said, uh, and then I got to Nimrod. and I'm like, every song on this is good though. Okay, like, so let's. So that's what how so it started. Let, yeah, let's get into this. So and maybe before we do real quick, we can just say. Um, I, I do kind of want to quickly cover the pre Duke. Yeah, before stuff. that, yeah, let's do that. Um, so they started in 1986, which is pretty old yeah, for pretty like what I for a band that's making very relevant music today. That's um, like very Pixies, impressive. Um, probably were kind of about to like you know drop some really big albums and stuff. Yeah, and what's and before, crazy is before um, Nirvana. You, you so. go to that uh, that record that now you can get ten thirty nine um, slappy hours. You know slash slap is a combination of two EPs. They did when they were seventeen. By the way, did wow. you know that? No, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, they they and you know you can from there project a lot of this stuff was done when they were very young. Mm-hmm. So yeah, seventeen they did both of these EPs, which blows my mind because I think it's one. Um, good. It's very good songwriting. And two, what, what I think is crazy is it's Green Day, mm-hmm. and it's 1986, and it sounds like Green Day. <laughs> like it sounds like Dookie. I mean, yeah, they yeah, carried. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Welcome to Paradise was on the Kerplunk, but I think Welcome to Paradise would have fit perfectly on this record. <laughs> Are there any songs in this that kind of stand out to you, um, or what do you think? Yeah, of this I mean, I, the thing is, I can't never remember all the names, but yeah, I I agree. Like, uh, it's a lot. They just carry that right into their first couple albums, really, of uh, of songs, and it's almost like 
in a way those songs kind of are um obsolete when you get to like dookie and stuff like that i feel like yeah i mean they kind of perfected that style yeah um and then like going back and listen to kerplunk like and i was even reading about that like they were big and like just like straight up punk you know back then you know scenes well and stuff the, like yeah their, their kind of start is really it goes back to your every band is a rubber brothers band theory mm-hmm. <laughs> they were they start out in the bay area um with a different drummer on he's on 1039 and slappy hours it's mm-hmm. not trey cool um and they were just in this local scene uh and they were huge in it they were the biggest one of the biggest ones they they signed to this like rubber there's you know ramshackle lookout records which was later sued by not because they didn't pay anybody oh wow because they just i think they were just like ramshackle business just yeah probably like you know a couple people who didn't know what they were doing and just wanted to make music kind of thing Yeah. yeah um but so when Kerplunk came out, that was the, their second, that was like their first, like they did some EPs now, they're doing the, the album. They did this, they were convinced of this East Coast tour. And apparently that was like really successful. And because of that, partly, it the Kerplunk ended up selling way more than any, like than Lookout was like at all prepared for. Wow. And they, that's when major labels just started hounding them and they turned them all down. They turned, I, I didn't know this until before wow. this, they turned down like tons of major, major labels until uh, I think it was the producer, Rob Cavallo, mm. he contacted them and, and apparently Billy Joe like loves him and mm. was like, all right, well, I'll meet you for lunch. <laughs> and they signed. And when they signed to reprise the major label before when they were going to record Dookie, the punk community that they were part of was so pissed. They were banned from all the clubs. Wow. So they, not all the clubs, but several clubs, uh, they were banned from everyone hated them. And, uh, Billy, Jesus, I don't know if I have the quotes still. I, I saved a few quotes, but there's, there's a great, I don't have it, but the, <laughs> the gist of it was Billy. Someone was, he was interviewed about that, what he thought about it. And Billy Joe was like, uh, I don't know like what there is to say. I'm just, I feel like I just got to get on my bike and keep riding on. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was like a funny way of, yeah, it's just like, you just you keep going forward. Paid, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, I, I don't know. So did you know any of that or not really? No. I mean, I just, it, I was kind of just reading up a little bit of just that they came up like in straight up punk scenes kind of thing. And, there wasn't pop punk yet. It wasn't a thing you yeah. know, kind of thing, but they just happened to start making punk songs with uh, kind of like the melody, but yeah. just in a different there, you know, in a different part of the world. Kind of like, I mean, very similar, mm-hmm. I think to when, um, who's the guy who invented, uh, calculus, you know, Newton <laughs> and the other guy both invented calculus at the same time, independent of each other. Mm-hmm. It's very similar that descendants and, uh, the green day, <laughs> both kind of you know pop punk around yeah. the same time and then it's all <laughs> it's kind of like and listening back a lot of those old uh cds and or the cds i guess on they're on spotify or whatever the old those tapes. old albums um and like even getting into dookie a little bit getting into dookie. It, it reminds me of <laughs> of uh listening like and i think this is the best comparison is that they probably are writing songs like crazy and there's they're not a lot of big differences in songs i mean there is but it reminds me of some like I forget what song it was. I wish I I should have wrote it down. But like I had like a Beatles thing that kind of flashed of like early Beatles kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. Of like that's that it's basically Beatles songs with power chords. And, this is please please me with the overdrive turned up. Yeah. That's that's, that's all, what that's what it is. Yeah. That's why I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I um so kind of the the history stuff. The reason I I brought that up is I think it really when they made Dookie they were at a really interesting. They were at like the make or break it point. You know, they're signed by the major label. 
um, which is great. But on the other hand, the entire scene they just came from has just been like, we hate you now. <laughs> so like, what did they do? Sellouts. Yeah. Like, you know, and they, God bless them, just did what they know. They, they recorded a better version of Kerplunk, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, everything was tight. But the thing is, like, that, yeah, that, but it also had, like, really melodic songs, like, When I Come Around on it, and... Um, I think Kerplunk was fairly melodic, too, yeah. and I think the only... I don't know if this is necessarily more poppy than... aside Production aside, I think that this is just tighter. It's just mm. better songwriting. Yeah. Um, But, you know, Chris, you have, like, songs like No One Knows, I think, that was on Kerplunk. That's a really slow kind of, like... Mm, that's um, true. You know, as slow as When I Come Around. Mm-hmm. But I think... um. Something that makes Dookie interesting and makes a lot of Green Day stuff interesting and why I first got into it, uh, the songs are very well written lyrically. I think that Billy Joel had a really good way of writing about... He wrote about one thing at this time. <laughs> he, he wrote about his like anxiety and like weird... feel, like Any weird issues he was having is what he wrote about. The lyrics of of songs from this era and before that's that's it and he knew that subject really well and he had a really good way of writing about it mm-hmm. you look at songs like basket case i think that's um some of the best lyrics that he's ever written and some of the best lyrics like just in a pop song i think yeah yeah, yeah. um wh- what do you think about the the lyrics of do like in that album is that anything that kind of stood out to you oh and dookie yeah oh for sure and i think like um I think now it's even like becoming more relevant in a way to me. Oh my God. Yeah. I gained a new appreciation. Like, um, one of the lines that stood out to me in in basket case that I'm like, this is genius. Um, so he's, uh, Billy Joe's bisexual and which I didn't really know until recently. I think, yeah, that was kind of a recent thing. Um, and apparently he was kind of saying that when he was writing a lot of these songs is when he was first kind of, um, discovering it himself because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was something that I guess it makes sense, right? Like I guess back in the day, you don't really talk about anything other than being hetero. Mm-hmm. I guess like you hear like you might be gay, yeah. And if you're a bisexual man at the time, you you would just be like just be gay, right? Or, or well, if you're bisexual and you're back then, you'd probably just be like, yeah, I'm into chicks, but I just have this weird thing with guys sometimes. Like I don't, it might be, I could see why it'd be confusing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he'd be like, Oh, of course I'm hetero. Cause I'm into chicks, but wait a minute. Like, um, and there's lots of flashes of that. Like coming clean is obviously about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said it's about that. That's, uh, did you know that? I don't know that. No. Yeah. That's, that's what it's about. Um, mm-hmm. um, it's about him coming out, but, um, I think I have it saved here. Basket, ca- there's casual allusions to it in a lot of his songwriting at this time, mm-hmm. and especially in Dookie. And um, in Basket Case, he, which is he's talking about being paranoid, and having anxiety, and he says, um, "I went to a shrink to analyze my dreams." She said, "It's lack of sex that's bringing me down." <laughs> so I went to a whore to analyze. Oh wait, I, yeah. So I went to a whore. He said, "My mind's a bore." And quit my whining because it's bringing her down. Mm. So, like, first off, there, there's like so many layers to this. Like, first off, he the obvious thing is he went to the whore who's a man. So, like, okay, I'm gay, yeah, right? Yeah, but yeah. then, like later, so it says I went to a whore. He said my mind, my mind's a bore, and quit my whining because it's bringing her down. Mm. So it's like, wait a minute, is she? Wait, is that a girl? And then also you have the shrink, you know the 
the stereotypical assumption is that's a man. He changes that to a woman. Mm. So not only is he saying like the whore is a man was like, he's having sex, but he's also within the context of the song, just giving you as the listener, the sense of like unease and like, I'm not sure what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And given the fact that it's like in the context of a punk song, that line is delivered to you as what I'll, I guess I'll probably drop in here for maximum effect. I went to a drink. So it goes by really quick, and yeah. that adds the sense of disorienting the listener. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that was just of all of Dookie. That was a, a nugget that stuck out. The nugget of Dookie that stood out to me <laughs> as just like this is um, maybe one of the best moments in Green Day's catalog. Like I just everything <laughs> comes together in that for the song from a songwriting perspective. Yeah, it's um, real. It's really um, poemish too. Like. It, it, just mm-hmm. the way it's kind of written. imagine it, a, a slam poetry just the way you say it like, i went to a shrink <laughs> she said my mind is a bore yeah <laughs> like it's kind of like just kind of the way it is and the thing is with me like too i think even growing up and probably like i didn't really listen to, as much to the lyrics with green day as, as, say, as i did with blink um it's until probably about the time of um you know, uh, American idiot, I would say is when I finally like said like, Oh, he has something to say. Like, <laughs> yeah, because he's telling you, I have something to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it kind of like, and then I kind of went back to kind of re-examine, uh, what they were saying. Cause a lot of times I was just like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. Power chords. Yeah. And like, I learned yeah. how to play every fucking green day song like at yeah. a time. And, and, uh, yeah. And it's, and he, it, we didn't even say this, but Billy Joe is probably the master of of power chord melodies or whatever of all uh, time, right? Of like, of like power chords and singing a melody over it, just like of of, of memorable uh, riffs, but with power memorable chords. power chord riffs. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah, like who else? Ameri- could he the say? riff for American Idiot is time. That's up there with the Zeppelin riff. Like, like, you, like you, yeah, you, Milk in the Paradise. I, I dare you to play. Uh, the riff for American Idiot, but just don't do power chords. Just do it like the the bass note. You know, it'll sound like a Zeppelin riff. I guarantee it. <laughs> but no, like all of them. Like it, it, like there's just a hundred. There's a yeah. hundred of them that are Welcome memorable. to Paradise. Yeah, you know when I come around Macy's Day Parade. It's it, like so simple, but that's you know it. You know Minority. Yeah. So like that, but that even has. Um, I guess that arpeggio kind of. Yeah, but um, that, I'm just thinking of other ones like just off Dookie alone. It just kind of keeps just going and going. Of just like yeah, yeah, you know, fucking brains do you know? So what's wrong? <laughs> that's on. That's on Insomniac. Yeah, I know. So what's wrong with uh, Dookie, right? Well, it's not necessarily what's wrong. I think it's more of like, um, like, and I am I like I said like it's just maybe just because it's been a while since I revisited you know kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's almost like. You know, maybe like, you know, Burnout, Having a Blast, Chump. It's almost like all these songs could be Welcome to Paradise, you know, kind of thing. Like, we're not, I don't know if Having a Blast maybe, but like Burnout, for example, like, like Welcome to Paradise is kind of almost like a lot of these songs. But Burnout's like a, I kind of love that though as a song starter that this is like major label debut. Here we are on the world stage, Green Day, like. I'm done song. Like that's the thing. I think, <laughs> I think lyrically it's, they're different. Yeah. I, but I think musically, it's, musically it, they're too similar. You think it, it maybe, and it's, it's, a, that might be it. I think that's maybe it just musically, like some of the songs. And it, I think it felt like that on, um, 
on both just both this and Insomniac. Like, were you listening to them? Like, maybe it was because we're listening to them back to back and just kind of like trying to like soak them all yeah. in again. Um, to I me, think Insomniac does have a bit more filler, and I think it's just because like those singles stick out so much compared to like like if you yeah. go back, you have Longview and Welcome to Paradise, of course. Like Basket Case, she when I come around, um, even like FOD uh, are all just like these like really different songs. And I guess it wouldn't be considered filler, but like the other ones, it's almost like kind of a long album and albums were long. I mean, you are like, I would say coming clean that's up there for me. And that'd be in my, you know, top three of the album. Um, I'll I'll, I'll go back and check up and re-listen. Maybe just the mood I was in at the time. Yeah. I think, I I think I, I see something you're saying though. And I think it's kind of, Similar to one of the things I, I have a complaint about with the Green album by Weezer is that it's all kind of at the same like dynamic level the whole time. Like mm-hmm. it's just like, all right, let's rock. And it's like just open strumming power chords. And it never really kind of deviates from that. And it's just kind of always at this same level yeah. the whole time. Well, the thing is, though, there's so, there are so many different songs that are different. And uh, it, it just doesn't have the dynamics, you know, like a song, an album like Enema of the State, you know, it'll switch to clean guitar and have like the palm muting. Yeah. You have the build up in songs, but these, the songs are kind of just like, all just like, which is kind of interesting. And that's kind of how it is before that too. The earlier albums is it's all, and this is something I like about it is that it sounds like, you know, they didn't change anything. It's the same three guys, the same guitars and the same yeah. setup playing each song. And they're not like, you know, trying anything weird, which is right. cool about it too. So it's like, it's, it's, I guess it's just something I noticed recently. It's not even something I really want to like say is like a bad thing. Right. It's, right. Uh, it's, it's a retrospect. I think going back and listening to it where I, you're right. The singles are the, the best, the best songs. There, there's definitely a possibility of us kind of doing a more in depth analysis yeah, of these albums for sure. in the future. Um, I had just a quote I pulled up. Um, it was actually, I had a short one about that basket case line that, mm. um, so I didn't have the line saved, but I had, um, this Billy Joe Armstrong talking about it mm-hmm. and like what that, this is that specific line. And he said, um, I wanted to challenge myself and whoever the listener might be. It's also looking at the world and saying it's not as black and white you, as you think. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't your grandfather's prostitute or maybe it was. <laughs> uh, so that's that. Um, yeah, and then it's almost like it could have been, um, you know, like you can say it's like literally like maybe it was just a dude in drag, you know, kind right. of thing. Or it um, if he is like by and, and sees it as far as like this could be, um, you know, it's sex is sex. doesn't matter if it's a man or woman kind of thing. Yeah. You know? So that that's not, you know, that's the point. Or maybe it's like an additional member in the sex that's going on that True. we just haven't. Yeah. There's a lot of like ways that can go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it definitely, I think it succeeds in like getting the listener to be like, what? <laughs> um, or they're so, just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not okay. I'm not just not like okay. <laughs> it was 94. So yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, the, the only other thing I want to say is, um, about the artwork. I actually, this is my favorite Green Day album cover. One of my favorite album covers of all time. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. In my top, you know, whatever top 10, I'm sure. Um, and I had a really interesting quote from, it was Billy Joe, uh, about the artwork, um, cause that was something he, b- because this was their first major label. And again, there was all that pressure I was mentioning earlier. Mm-hmm. They, for at every step of the way, they really tried hard. And so they were like, we want this album cover to be legit. So he said, um, I wanted the art 
uh, I wanted the artwork to be really different. I wanted to pre- represent the East Bay and where we come from because there's a lot of artists in the East Bay scene that are just as important as the music. So we talked to Richie Butcher. He did a seven-inch cover for this band called Rowl that I really liked. He's been playing in bands in the East Bay for years. There's pieces of us buried on the album cover. There's one guy with his camera up in the air taking picture with a beard. He took pictures of bands every weekend at Gilman's. The robed character that looks like the Mona Lisa is the woman on the cover from the first Black Sabbath album. The ACDC guitarist Angus Young is in there somewhere too. Uh, the graffiti reading Twisted Dog Sisters Twisted Dog Sisters refers to these two little girls from Berkeley. I think the guy saying the fritter frat boy was a reference to a local cop. Mm. So uh, basically, this just this album. Um, not only is it songs that's kind of I think does a really good job of writing lyrically about how this guy feels. Yeah. Um, Billy Joe specifically, it does a really good job of kind of like painting this portrait of this guy's life and <laughs> yeah. you know the city he's from. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like they made an album that could be their last album. You know. Type of yeah, thing. yeah, so, their swan song almost yeah, like yeah. their magnum opus, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't. And they did Insomniac after that. I don't, I don't know if we really want to talk about Insomniac too much because it, 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 to me it, it seems like a huge huge reaction to dookie they got so much criticism for being poppy so they were like let's do that but harder and it sounds good Mm -hmm. um but i think it does i'll agree with you there on the filler i think there's the singles on that one there's a bigger gulf between the singles but you get some fun songs like panic panic song i think is fun as hell Um, it's like walking contradiction stuff yeah Um, that's great uh i mean it's probably in my top you know, five, the whole jaded brain, uh, brain stew jaded. Thing. That is, that is a, that's a class. It's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. To me, let's get, is, let's get into that. So what, <laughs> what do you, um, what do you think about it? Brain stew jaded. Go. I think like hearing that, <laughs> like it's one of the first riffs you learn on guitar for yeah. sure. Dun. It's, it's not cool. jaded. No one ever learns jaded. Yeah. It's it gets, tough. gets harder it's, there. It's hard. <laughs> but, uh, especially the bass. <laughs> um, but no, it's like, I don't know. It's some. It's it's probably like if you if you were a kid hearing this, it's probably like hearing you know, goddamn, uh, smoke on the water or something, or like, uh, yeah. what's another famous riff like that? Like, um, I don't know. I mean, you can go later back than in black. That. Yeah, AC, back in black, or you or come going, as you are. I mean, this is don't 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 don't. It'd probably be the same for someone hearing um, you know, Seven Nation Army, like you know, ten years later, whatever mm. it was after this. Yeah, but it's just like that just really strict like or hearing this is what we're hearing damn it yeah it's just like that riff of just and it's so and also you're right it is darker the album in a way and i think that's the type of green day songs like stuff that was different than their regular usual welcome to paradise-esque music was what i i liked a lot more because i would go to blink for that more fun kind of like thing i'm gonna get my dark stuff from green day So it's just like that, and it has a cool video, and especially like it just goes from like then it goes into jaded. I remember hearing like that transition. That um, is is, genius, and to me, like you, you know, you never hear anything like that before because or sense. I mean, that's a that's a weird. Who does that? Who releases like a single of like two songs (laughs) that have a cool trans? That'd be like if Parakeet Quartz released, um, was it Master of Craft and. Uh, uh, yeah, um, it would be like if they released those two. What, what, yeah, Master of My Craft and uh, what's the next one? 
those two first songs off of uh, Paint It Gold or whatever the hell Paint It Gold, yeah. yeah. If they had released those two as like one <laughs> They single. might have. I don't know. That's but, like the weirdest thing. Yeah, like, I, I don't just, know of any band that's done I just that. love, I'm a big sucker for those transitions from song to another, but when it's so uh, specific like that, and I remember thinking, like first hearing that and being like, holy shit, this is another song? <laughs> like it was like, <laughs> what? And it, it felt so natural, and um, I just imagine them have like that playing live and watching videos even later in Green Day's career. But them playing that live, it looks so cool. And just so that fun. moment between songs, where you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a roller coaster, you know? Um, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. And I love the like the lyrics for that's always great. The lyrics me. for that are good. Yeah, is there and, anything that stands out to you? Um. I can't. I, I'll even. I can't even think of this. I'm having trouble yeah. trying to sleep. <laughs> I'm counting sheep are running out. Um. Yeah. Um. No. So really, forgotten. as someone who uh, you know has anxiety, it's a great song about like yeah. It's just, all of Green Day's lyrics, like <laughs> Billy Joe. Um, Maybe this we should we so as of late uh both of us have been interested in the the, the been a little bit into the Myers Briggs personality type I yeah. think it's safe to say uh it's, if you don't know it's been a, twelve is it twelve personalities I or? think you just Google my there's a bunch of them out there just Google <laughs> Myers Briggs and learn your personality type but it's how should we describe it if if people don't know quickly like it's there's it's basically a, a psychology thing or, yeah I and mean, it's, 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 it's it could be total psychology. bullshit but yeah it's, it's it's seems pretty legit yeah it's similar to like stuff like horoscopes and stuff like that but a little bit more in depth well, it's not it's not similar in tone to no no i just mean just kind of like a uh, real psychologist i think came up anyway so you, you divide people into personality types and there's 16 of them so um there's each one is pretty unique there's only a few percentages for each type and they rate them on four levels like and it's the acronym's not super descriptive you kind of just have to read about the description because it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense but long story short um i'm an enfp on that Mm -hmm. enfp um and so is billy joe so stands for extroverted extroverted um I know feelings and perceptive, I think, is one. Um, I'm looking up. But, uh, well, Ryan's looking that up. So the reason that comes into play is I, I listening to it later, I'm really relating to Billy Joe's lyrics a lot. And the most one. Yeah, it's extroversion, intu- uh, intuitive. intuition, feeling, perception. Yeah. And so what I, what I mean about the description being a bad uh, kind of a misnomer is it's not necessarily like you put those things together. That's what it means. Yeah. Um, so you are, do you, do you want to say what you are? Yeah. Very I'm close. A, yeah. I'm the same, but an I, INFP. The, the other side of the, the green day to my blink. Yeah. The, the blink to my green day. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so listening to these as an adult, um, especially this kind of era of green day, I am really relating to a lot of the songs and it's those kind of things that now that I know about the Myers, it's those things like the um, anxiety is a big thing. Um, and also like the kind of tug and pull between like wanting to be around a lot of people and then like hating everybody. Yeah. It's almost like that. It's exactly the brain's too jaded thing. Cause it's like yeah, on my own, here we go. And then and the, it's the, so slow of this like dragging life fucking shit. And then oh, just like yeah. <laughs> takes you over. That's a, and that's a big thing with like, you know, is kind of like big mood swings, impulsive decisions. I know Billy Joe has 
things I have problems with. So uh, typically NFPs tend to en- enjoy very much drugs that are uh, sedative, <laughs> like mm-hmm. alcohol, weeds, and like heroin is like, I mean, obviously it's not like if you're NFP, you're going to be a drug addict. It's just those are the ones they gravitate towards and it seems like he's gone down that road a bit when the band is called Green Day. Um, did you, you know why they're called, you know what Green Day is? Yeah, it's like weed day, right? Yeah, it's like day you only smoke weed. <laughs> it's like the dumbest name that's still, it's all, it's up there with Pearl Jam of like bands that have achieved like a critical acclaim that don't well, what's match. Pearl Jam mean? Jizz. Oh, does it? <laughs> <laughs> you just got that? They never knew that. Yeah. Oh, never knew that. It's jizz. I get it now. Yeah. I think it's like Pearl on a drum set. Kind of looks like jizz. Well, I'm going to have to explain my morning jacket. <laughs> Can you tell me what take off your pants and jacket <laughs> means too? Um anyway, wow, I so, never knew that. Yeah. So uh today I learned Pearl Jam. If you, I told you you'd learn something, listeners. Um but yeah, anyway, not to belabor the point, but um I think this this him his, the era of his songwriting being about looking inward and talking about these kind of feelings peaked with Nimrod. Uh, maybe not peak, but the, it's a really good example of it, and that's the one that I especially going back to. It's my favorite, and the yeah. ones where I think the lyrics are just like every single song, uh, at least for me. Um, I one think they're clever, but just like on a personal level, it's just one after another of like this is exactly how I feel. <laughs> yeah, with Nimrod, it kind of uh, that's for me when the the whole album becomes dynamic. I feel yeah. like. Uh, when the other ones kind of just felt like a group of songs. Well, you start off with Nice Guys Finish Last, which sounds like Green Day, and then you immediately have Hitchin' a Ride, which is like nothing. Yeah, probably one of my favorite songs, too. It's just so like I don't like it, it's just telling a story in a way, and it kind of has this, maybe I like it because it kind of has a brain stew esque to it kind of mm-hmm. thing. That's kind of the descending like doom doom. Yeah, and I don't even know what it's about really, other than just like it's about hitching a ride. It's about him. Uh, I think I'm pretty. Uh, I, I always assumed it's about What's him. Like, do you break for- drinking again? Like, like oh, okay. just like I've been drinking for a while and I'm like, I'm back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm off the wagon and I'm hitching. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good ass song. And then I love And then, the, like, like, shout, like, tonight like I'm eating crow. Like, he's just like, he's, it's kind of like that. I feel like Hitching Ride is about that moment of like an alcoholic, maybe, mm. or just a heavy drinker that's just like, I haven't been doing it for a while. And like, Hitching Ride is the, the moment. It's a song about the moment where he's looking at the bottle and like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Like that's, and yeah. th- and that's like why just that explosion at the end. That's kind of like I feel I like that really that. fits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have like this like I don't know if it's like the Jewish beat with like violins. Uh, that ex- that thing at the end is one of the coolest. Yeah, that so sweet.
I love that. That's probably my favorite Green Day song. Wow. I think it might be. My number one. It might be, yeah. Wow, that's it's up there for me, but uh <laughs> Yeah, and then, and then you get songs like um, The Grouch, just like these little kind of fun things. Um, like King for a Day. King for a shit. Day. Well, So um, do you know that song's about rain? Um, do tell, Michael. It's about him dressing up in drag. Oh, nice. Yeah, as a kid. <laughs> it started at the age of four. My mother went to the grocery store. <laughs> was sneaking through her bedroom door. I found something that I size four. <laughs> It's great. I love it. And yeah. so something I I've re- I read all the time about that song is that it has a ska influence. And mm. I think that really does the song a disservice because I don't think it sounds ska, I think is this fusion between like reggae and punk and add a horn section. But this is I feel like this is more jazzy and like more like show tunesy, mm-hmm. which makes sense because it's about drag. It sounds like yeah. a broad, you know, warm. Well, you also have on that album like Last Ride In, which is like a straight up just little surf, surf thing. Guantanamo Baywatch. Song. Yeah. It's that I don't know, this album's cool. Like it's fucking there's so many different things going on. And I think that's why I just at this day and age with listening to Green Day, that's kinda what I like in it, I think. Yeah. Is just like this weird different singing it of not tones. Yeah. I think they did it too because something we haven't mentioned is Dookie was this massive success, but Insomniac sold half as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which was still a lot, but it was still a lot. But because um, you know great. that's the the um, stereotypical sophomore slump, and what happens after sophomore slump is you're gone. You know, if yeah. you don't produce a hit, and I think they kind of came at this as like weird gonna shoot at it we're just gonna shoot on all cylinders we're gonna throw everything out at the wall see what something sticks and something did (laughs) time of your life became a massive hit which is something that didn't sound anything like you know i think that's an example of them just like uh, you know famous stories billy Armstrong has had the song forever and just like you don't want to bring it because he was like you you guys this is lame yeah (laughs) i i feel like maybe this is the time you felt comfortable doing that because they were at this moment where like shit you know let's if you got it do it you Mm -hmm. know yeah. What do you think about that song? Yeah, it's a hard one of the things. I mean, I'm sure I loved it. It's like one of the first also songs you learn to play on the guitar as yeah. well. Um, <laughs> just imagine like playing that for some girl, just like, just like feeling so cool. You yeah. Know? I don't know. It's a weird one in retrospect because it's like the one of the songs that is played at, every, I don't know if it's every fucking uh, photo slideshow at like for family <laughs> reunions or weddings or funerals or whatever the hell you're playing it at. Um, you know, Oscar, uh, in fucking memoriam, just like everything. It's, um, I think oh. it played at, it took uh, a life on its own. Who did it play? I think it played at like, who, whose last show was it that they played? They played that song or they played that. Oh, it was, it's a, in the fucking, uh, Seinfeld. It's in the, one of the Seinfeld clip shows episodes. I read that. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, so yeah. something unpredictable, but in the end it's right. I hope you have the time of your life. Um, but I don't know. It's not a bad song. It's yeah. just it's just maybe one that we just. Um, what's one something you can? Um, Relate it to like all the small song. things. I think <sighs> no, but that's a little different. It's just as far as like kind of like this cheesy, um, sentimental. Oh, song. Uh, I I thought you meant as far as like the popularity or whatever. Oh, no, um, 
just like another one. In just history. another song that sounds like that. Not even sounds like that, but just like the sentimental uh, cat in the cradle. <laughs> I don't know. Like sound of silence. Sounds. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Something like that. You know? Yeah. It's, sound of um, silence. I think it's an easy song to like when you think of it in the terms of it, how it was recorded and that it was probably just this little throwaway thing at the end of the album. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's hard to like something. It's hard to like this because it's become so big and it makes it seem cheesy because it makes it makes you seem like Billy Joe is like, I'm going to write this beautiful love song and it's going to be like this timeless classic. And I don't think that's what he <laughs> no, was doing. So, no. He was just like, I have this like cheesy ass song that I wrote probably about a breakup and it's called good riddance. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't think it was good enough for the band. And then they were like, dude, we got to make it somehow. <laughs> just try it. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. And in that context, I think it's easier to like it. I think so too. I, I also want to say too, um, the strings, I've always just, I, I've absolutely loved them. And I, nine times out of 10, hate strings in, in pop, or not pop, but like rock music. You know, I think it never is a good thing usually. Um, one exception is George Martin and the Beatles. And I think that this actually, I don't know who did the strings for this, but it's very George Martin-esque to yeah, me. Sure. It, it um, has that feeling. I don't know. I can't put a finger on it, but it has that feeling to me. And it, I just, um, I think it really well, makes think, the yeah. song. Yeah, it, yeah, it's totally, it's up there with like, you know, fucking, um, I don't know, uh, what's the fucking um, Beatles song? Can you feel song? the love tonight? Yeah, can you feel the love tonight? Uh, Let the, it be? The Long and Winding Road? I'd no. put it up with the Long and well, Winding what's Road. What's the damn McCartney song? The uh, Yesterday? Uh, yesterday. It, it could be like someone guessing. I'm, I'm thinking Blackbird. That's what I'm Blackbird thinking. Blackbird singing a bit of day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take, Take these broken wings and learn to fly. Um, so it's kind of that kind of vibe, you know. It's quite, he was just trying to write something it, goofy like that, you yeah, know. Yeah, and uh, it is huge, but it's a fun one to end the show with. Like, I don't know, like, it's yeah, it's I don't know, for some reason, it doesn't it's not that bad, yeah. And probably at the time, it probably wasn't as cheesy, but I think just over time, it's kind of become that slightly. But I think it's funny because that song almost ends an era of Green Day, yeah. So I think, yeah, so Warning, the next album, I, I think what... Your warning what, is just like the stepchild of, of Green Day. So here's my here's my kind of theory is I think Nimrod, uh, from a songwriting perspective, I think Billy Joe had perfected the, the song about him looking inward, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what, you know, 90% of the songs have been about is things like, like I was talking about his anxiety, um, his relationships with other people. Um, and it was always like from a very him perspective, there's a lot of like eyes, you know, in his lyrics. And I think warning was him looking, not some outward might be the wrong word, but I think him looking, um, him looking to his immediate surroundings, I guess, like Mm. I'm not going to write, I'm still going to keep writing things about my life. Um, but I'm not necessarily going to write it from such a first person perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he's writing about essentially the same things, but from a detached point of view. Yeah, I guess if that yeah, makes that's sense. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So you have songs like uh, "Jackass," which I think he's probably writing about himself in that song, <laughs> um, or you know, um, "Warning." 
you know, instead of writing like a song like Burnout, like or Longview, like I'm just getting high, you know, like I'm just getting high and like wasting my life. In Warning, he's sort of writing like a song about someone just doing everything you're not supposed to do. Um, it's just sort of like taking the concept, I think, of like what his life is like and writing a song about that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think you're right. Like it. I mean, looking at it now, like that. Um, yeah, a lot of the songs don't really, I guess, say like I and stuff, and they're just more of. Um, I guess there's like a minority. I wanna be a yeah. minority, and I feel like that song is almost the start of uh, where you it goes, where like um, you know, where hmm. Green Day be you know kind starts of to anthemic. Yeah, be, yeah, goes into the you know into the American yeah. Idiot era, but uh, yeah, I could see that. Um. But I don't know, like, just, like, it's it's been so long, but, you know, it's it's so great that it has a lot of acoustics in it, and I think I said this um, uh, before we started, where I was like, this is almost like Green, where Green Day, like a mature Green Day album would would sound like. Yeah. And uh, where... Something that And they've already been around for, you know, 10, over 10 years at that point. The, or around what, 10 you years. mean, like, this is their maturest album, you think? In in a way, because it's just it's more broken down. Uh, it's it's really lyrical, but also just kind of like a lot of acoustic guitars, and it's Subtle. not really loud. Um, and uh, I hundred percent agree. Yeah, I think this it's almost is, like the band like cooling off, like taking a breath. Whew, that was yeah. fun. You know, let me give you a warning about fucking life. All right, and uh, <laughs> just yeah. kind of thing. It it sounds like um, and it makes you know. So again, sales wise, Nimrod didn't you know. Time of your life, accepting Nimrod didn't take off. Warning sold, went on to sell even less, half as much as that. I think a lot of people thought when they went in to record this, they were kind of done. And this, there's a pretty good chance this is going to be their last album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they went into it with that mentality of just kind of like having fun and experimenting. And I think Billy Joel at that time might've been mentally in a better place. So that might've been why he was yeah, writing yeah, maybe about... Maybe he was more like accepted his thing it's kind know? of lot in life so to speak you know mm-hmm. um yeah and, and uh i think musically it's it's really cool like nothing mm-hmm. sounds like that like uh mm-hmm. waiting is, is such a good song it's got some of their best songs i think yeah what, what do you think about the like the way it's arranged musically it's been a while since i've listened to it all the way through but i remember always liking it you know kind of thing like misery you the know. thing is yeah there's a lot of uh it's really heavy at the end as far as like the songs, like the big songs and stuff of the album, which like is Macy's the, day parade. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like, I'm just saying like, I think at the end has waiting warning and, uh, it's the and, end. No warning is the first song. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. The, the end it's like waiting minority and then Macy's day, I think. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. So it's just like those three are like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which is different for an album. Usually, it's not the end of the, the yeah um, the best songs. So, Macy's Day, uh, I think, is lyrically like maybe Billy Joe's best song. Like it might be. It's um, I don't know. What do you think that song's about? I've alternated between a few times. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just kind of like about moving on. I guess kind of a thing like of uh yeah. It's, it's going to be hard for me to put this into words, really. Um, I had to think of the lyrics for a second. So I, it's funny, so I kind of, right now, I'm thinking it's maybe a bit about moving on, but also a lot about um, 
I feel like this is his political song and the one yeah. that I think this is his best political song. Something, you know, he's tried to do a lot of times since. I think this is sort of like his, like, his sums up his ideas about politics the best. And it's sort of like his thing about like consumerism and like capitalism, maybe, yeah. you know, like when I was a kid, I thought I wanted all the things that I haven't got, but I learned the hardest way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now I realize tell the difference between thieves and crooks. That's a line that's always stood out to me. It's mm. like, Oh, that's a good line. Yeah. Um, Let's say blood for me and you. Yeah. You said this before we recorded. Like the, the line too, like of just like how, how the chorus is almost like an ad, you know, give me something that I need. Satisfaction mm-hmm. guaranteed yeah. to you. <laughs> What's the consolation prize? Yeah, it's like, like a commercial. It's like a Radiohead lyric, you know, mm-hmm. like it's really smart and like it's funny. It's like it's serious, but still has like a sense of humor to yeah, it, yeah, yeah. you know? Well, you were saying that about a uh, warning when we, before we start recording of... um. Uh, uh, is the cop? Is it the cop? It's or like am it's I? like caution, police line. You better not cross. Is the cop <laughs> or am I the <laughs> one who's really dangerous? dangerous? Yeah, like that. The whole album's full of shit like that. Yeah, it's better than anything they've you know since I think on on that they've tried to just kind of like the on. what's it turn of phrases and whatever the hell it's called and just like really yeah just clever clever cleverly written lyrics. Well, it didn't sell well, so they said, fuck that. And, <laughs> and uh, they went to record another album. The master tapes were famously lost, and then the network album happened. Uh, you know, coincidence. Um, and then just like, yeah, let's fucking, yeah. And then they did American Idiot, which... If you haven't heard Network, if you don't know, you should... Yeah, it's on that's, Spotify. That's Green Day. That's yeah, the album they like did. Devo before. and Green Day, like, fucked. Yeah, and they did the network. <laughs> uh, American Idiot, I think one thing... American one thing idiot. I one thing I want to say about it right off the bat that is never talked about anymore, and I I feel like is essential <laughs> to why it's good, is it, it, like if they were given up a warning, they were done when they did this. Mm-hmm. Like they had nothing. So this was like if warning if Nimrod was like, all right, let's kind of pull out the acoustic song, and Minority or Warning, they're like, all right, let's do like the let's pull out the mandolin for misery. You know, <laughs> this one they're like. We just, this has got to be it, you know, balls to the wall. <laughs> so they wrote a rock opera. <laughs> and um, which is it's yeah. played to death and it's like, oh, Green Day, whatever. But I, I just, I feel like it's important to remember that when this band recorded this album, all these songs recorded, when they, I've got to imagine by this point, are like, this is it. We're done. This is our swan song. Mm-hmm. This um, is the last one. Yeah, yeah. Which I think makes them a little more lovable. Yeah, you know? I think so too. And it ended up being the one, one of the biggest albums of that, it brought them back millennium <laughs> yeah, i mean they it's their century. most probably their most popular album i think it's most recognizable at this they won point grammy of the year for it i mean who, a rock rock album of the who year would have seen that coming you know no one and they made if there's a i don't think they Broadway did play with it um i think it, i think it, i think it ruined them <laughs> I, I think this i well i think they didn't really know what to do after that well we were talking about like just like yeah, we watched Macy's Day Parade music video, and you kind of have like kind of chubby in the face Billy Joel, buzzed head, you know, kind of thing, and like they all look like adults in 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 that video. Yeah, and then you know, how many years later was it? Five or four or five years later, the American Idiot came out. Uh, four years later. Yeah, four years. Uh, they like went the like total, you know, um, 
he, emoted he, out a little he, bit. He touched back into his inner drag queen. Ooh, yeah. Just like got the makeup and played dress up and they all these like cool outfits and stuff. Yeah. And, very uh, different, very but different. it is a, it is great. It is, it is a great, like, I think it holds up. I think it's, yeah, it's probably when it be put down as one of the greatest rock albums of all time, really. Next time on Take Off Your Pants and Podcast, Mike and Ryan discuss the aftermath of the release of Green Day's American Idiot, as well as their inevitable downfall to obscurity. Also, Mike cooks up a Green Day mystery game for Ryan that just might involve their favorite spaceman. Will Goku ever finish charging the spirit bomb before it's too late? Find out next time on the next exciting episode of Take Off Your Pants and Podcast. Put your pants back on. <laughs>